Welcome back to the Magnolia Media Podcast, part of the Magnolia Media Network. I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero, here with my co-host and editor, Logan Ramsey. Logan, say hello. Hello. We're about to get underway. Our discussion today is about Ukraine and America and Europe's um, inability thus far to get any new funding to the Ukrainians who have lost ground in recent days to the Russians because it appears that Russia's friends, the outcasts of the international community, Iran and North Korea, have been doing their part to support their ally by bringing in weapons, guns. And of course, we know about the Iranian drones because they've been shot down over Ukraine. So we know that for an absolute fact. And as far as future funding is concerned, it's tied to Republicans. Republicans control the House of Representatives, and for whatever reason, America thought it would be a good idea to have split government at a time when we needed a unified voice. Republicans have failed on every front. Historically speaking, this, the 118th U.S. Congress, has been the least functional Congress in U.S. history. Logan, this Republican caucus that has a very slim three or four seat majority and the House of Representatives and just lost a seat the other day that was held by George Santos. They had a special election after Santos was tossed out and a Democrat named Tom Swasey won that seat in Long, on Long Island. What's the point in putting them in control of anything if all they do is create chaos and take orders from a man who isn't serving in government? There's no point. That, that is the point. There's yeah, the ultimate point is there is no point. We're, we're here, and yeah, we tell you in advance that we're coming to you with a liberal slant. We're the only people in this region coming to you with an openly liberal message. And typically, you don't hear liberals you know, saying, we, we need more war. Well, no, we don't need more war. We need more defense. And we, the Ukrainians are fighting Russia, so we don't have to. Do you really think Russia's going to stop at Ukraine? If they're allowed to carry on this way? Now, no. Obviously not. No. Right. And we, we also have to take note of the fact there are Republicans in the House and in the Senate. We're talking about you, Ron Johnson. We're, and, and we're talking in the House. We're talking about you, Tim Burchett. Tim Burchett, our representative here in Knoxville, Tennessee, who has joined up uh, with the MAGA caucus in the House of Representatives and is making a bigger, bigger ass out of himself on a daily basis. But it does appear that Republicans are tied to Russia and that many of these Republicans prefer Putin's Russia, where the average wage is $200 a week, to Biden's America, where inflation is, well, under control. Wages are hitting an all-time high, as is the Dow Jones and S&P 500, again, almost weekly, setting new highs in both indices. So, Logan, I'll pose you this question. If Republicans, can Republicans be taken seriously when they say, we'll pass aid for Ukraine if you 
give us money for the border or you pass new border laws after what happened to the last border deal. No, you can't expect the Republican Party to do, let alone act on what they say, because they tried to do a border deal and they said, we'll do it as soon as we get a border deal. They got a border deal. They shut it down. They didn't want it. Why? So Trump could come in and act like the big hero and then blame Biden for it during elections. It was literally just a strategy. That way Trump could get more praise. And that is ridiculous because lives are on the line. People are dying because you just want to be a fucking hero. Yeah. And that's pathetic. And, and we see now the depravity of Russians are really, it's really on full display because they're, they're hitting maternity wards. Maternity wards. Think about that for a moment. While Republicans sit on their hands, maternity wards are being bombed in, in the Ukraine. Oh, I have all the information for that in well, just a little give us, bit. Give us some of that information. Break down some of those numbers for us. Give us, give us some idea of the uh, horror inflicted on Ukrainians and on Russian soldiers who are being forced to fight in a war they don't believe in. Well, I don't have the video, but there is a video of a Russian soldier actually yeah. talking with a Ukrainian drone trying to explain that he doesn't have a weapon, he gives up, right. but if his comrades see him giving up, they'll put a bullet in his head. And they guided him out of the battlefront. Yeah. But the war started on February 24th of 2022. Mm -hmm. It's the anniversary coming up in four days of when the war started. Mm -hmm. uh, CBS reported that uh, 70,000 Ukrainian casualties, 320,000 Russian casualties, and as high as 120,000 Ukrainians wounded, civilians and soldiers. Yeah, I mean, you have to remember Ukraine, like uh, the people of, of Gaza, is one of the youngest populations on earth. So uh, not to mention Ukraine plays such an enormous role in feeding the world. So when grain can't get out of Ukraine, well, people are literally going to die in Africa as a knock-on effect of Ukraine not having control over their own territory. And Republicans seem to be okay with this. We can't take, we can't, look, they, they'd asked for changes to the immigration policy. Democrats finally caved and said, okay, look, we're going to give you the most draconian bill we can put forward, and we will be relying on Republican votes in the U.S. Senate to get this passed and in the House because Democrats, like Bernie Sanders, um, were petrified by the bill. They thought it was completely over the top and that Joe Biden should have never conceded that far. But even those draconian measures were torpedoed from outside the political system by a man who's been found liable for rape, for defamation, for fraud, and now begins his first criminal trial on March 25th. And of course, we're talking about Dementia J. Trump. So when they come back after biting the hand that presented them the bill, coupling aid for Ukraine, for Israel, for Gaza, and for the southern border with some of the, again, with some of the most draconian 
measures imaginable, even under a Republican president, and they say no, then they, they want to do it again. They want us to, to give them more on the border. To hell with them. At some point, you know, I think President Biden can use some of this money, some of this Russian money that's been frozen because of international sanctions, and give it to Ukraine. I mean, what's stopping him? I'd have to study, I'd have to look into that a little bit <clears throat> about how um, those machinations work. But there has to be some way uh, to get this aid out there because there's a, the majority of Europe wants it, the majority of America wants to see it happen, and these, these minority, because I think it's fair to say that conservatism or this version of conservatism is definitely a minority within the United States, but we've given them just enough majority to completely screw everything up. So you said you just have to ignore that. You just have to keep putting forth and I, again, I think Chuck Schumer in the Senate, he's our, our Democratic Senate leader, majority leader. Yeah. And the Senate, I think he needs to keep, they need to come together, Democrats do, they need to put together a bill that includes aid for Israel, for Ukraine, and for the people of Gaza, the Palestinians who live there, and keep pushing that bill back to the House, even when it doesn't make it through committee. Keep kicking it back to the House, back to the House, back to the House, because... At one point, Democrats owned or could be perceived as owning the issues at the border. Yeah. When Trump was so open about him not wanting this bill passed for political reasons. That Just for hot, his own political game, that, which is disgusting. That, that hot potato was thrown into his lap. And he's holding it. Now you, now you owe it. Own it. You can go on and you can carry on. But listen, anybody who's paying attention... And the campaign ads that are going to be made about you injecting yourself, you you big, fat, sweaty, Rust-Oleum number 35 spray-painted piece of shit. When it's reported and when the ads start rolling out because Biden is pulling in donations like crazy while, you know, every penny Trump gets goes toward his... $355 million judgment and his $83.3 million judgment and his $5.1 million judgment. And of course, the criminal defense attorneys that have to be paid for by the RNC in Georgia. And, he just keeps digging a deeper hole. And of hole. course, he's going in front of Judge Marchand uh, in New York City yeah. on March 25th. I did some uh, research before our recording today and the facts about Ukraine and Russia, I have found some things that are actually Tell us about disgusting. Russian troops are using uh, rape and torture tactics against all civilians, both genders. Um, across all genders, men and boys from the age of 14 to 25 have been gang raped and castrated. Jesus. Women and girls from the age of 12 to 83 have been raped and gang raped before being executed. The occurrence of 25 women in October of 2023 in Kherson, Olbast, which is southern Ukraine, were kept in a basement, raped, and then executed. And of course, that was a report by 
CNBC, and um, their war crimes don't stop there. They are bombing maternity and children hospitals, um, refugee and apartments. So refugee encampments and apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. And the list just goes on and on. And these are, this is somehow, at the same time, we have an American, uh, you know, who's over there praising the Russian system, uh, Tucker Carlson, who... That idiot. Uh, you know, was talking about putting a quarter in and getting a grocery cart, which is something Aldi started about 40 years ago. But I guess, you know, uh, Tucker Swanson Carlson uh, has never actually been to the grocery stores where his family sells that slop uh, frozen food uh, because, again, it's something that's been going on in the United States for a long, long time. And to make some of the comments he made about, you know, homeless people taking them to encampments, you know, we don't expect, we don't expect uh, silver spoon pieces of shit who've been fired by every major news outlet in America, like Tucker Carlson, fired from NBC, fired from CNN fired from MSNBC and even fired from Fox. What type of shithead do you have to be to get fired from Fox? I mean, Roger Ailes got fired, but that was for, you know, sexually harassing and molesting people. Tucker Carlson got fired because, well, he the incriminating emails and text messages he was sending. He's not as stupid as he wants you to believe he is. He wants you to believe that he's as stupid as the average Trump voting asshole. And it's just not so. The man went to Harvard. He can't he comes from an intelligent family. He when he talks about groceries being a hundred and four dollars for a whole cart full of groceries, on the traditional Russian salary, that would leave you about ninety-five dollars for the rest of the week. So that's like getting a time machine, going back to 1902 and going, look at what I was able to buy for $100. Um, yeah, in 1902, you could have bought a lot for $100. Today, 100 won't get you that far. Um, but Russia is is a collapsed economy. Um, life in Russia is not good. And oh, no. All the, like, Coca-Cola, any American-made products, I mean, even other products that are made in other countries, are not yeah, I mean, in Russia. Russians been sanctioned to death, and now they're talking about more sanctions after the death of Navalny, which is something that can be done from the office of the president. Because right now, they talk about incompetence and incompetence uh, because of age. The incompetence appear to be the congressional leadership in the Republican Party. Because they are the ones, the Elise Stefanics, the Mike Johnsons of the world, the Tim Burchetts, the Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's right. Remember this, Tim. Timmy, my, my daddy Burchett. You are now in the same category. You will be mentioned in the same sentence as Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. You have decided to disgrace yourself to decided to disgrace this district, this state, and this city by joining forces with the most extreme pro-Russian, 
wing of the Republican Party that has ever existed, a party that used to be proud of America's role internationally. And you were a Republican back then. You were a Republican back when Republicans cared about these things. So something happened. Something changed. You either decided... Power, something. Something, but... It's really, I think, he's afraid of being outflanked by a more extreme Republican uh, here in Tennessee. The way Randy Boyd was in, in Tennessee, we've had a history of moderate Republicanism, right. moderate conservatism. We've talked about this. Fred Thompson, mm-hmm. Bob Corker, mm-hmm. Bill Haslam. Bill Haslam, by the way, uh, the last real Republican uh, governor in Tennessee, left office in 2018. Randy Boyd was set to, to take his spot. They're close personal friends. They're both extremely wealthy men. Randy Boyd got steamrolled by Trumpism because Randy Boyd was trying to run as a Trumpist, and he's not. Randy Boyd is a traditional conservative. I, I know, I think he's serving as chancellor of the University of Tennessee now because they had to throw him a bone. You know, if the man expected to be governor and then got, uh, you know, sort of shoehorned by Bill Lee, a businessman from middle or west Tennessee, who, um, you know, told us all just to pray away COVID-19, the the absurdity of that. uh, Not even going to go into the absurdity of that comment. It makes my brain hurt. I mean, Bill Lee makes everything hurt. I mean, he not only is he, you know, sort of that in that pro fascist, uh, pro Christian fascist movement, um, which again has very yeah. There was actually a video of him uh, at a church, and they were holding a sermon. This was during the pandemic when everybody was staying at their homes. Through quarantine, um, he was at a church. No one was wearing masks. Put in mind, and they were all together, and it was live, and they were sitting there saying, "Pray the COVID away," and they're sitting there praying to God, "I command you to heal everyone." That's not going to. The point is, he's a radical fundamentalist. It's crazy. And Tennessee hasn't been known for that. In fact. At the Baker Center on the University of Tennessee campus, a new podcast is popping up with former Democratic governor of the state of Tennessee and Democrat Democratic Senate candidate Phil Bredesen and his co-host, Bill Haslam. Bill? Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen, a Democrat and a Republican who, in Tennessee terms, used to not, there used to not be a nickel's difference between the two. Yeah. Um... I can't say that there's a tremendous amount of difference between Phil Bredesen and Bill Haslam. I think some of the economic policies that were passed during Haslam's tenure uh, wouldn't have passed during a Bredesen tenure. And and there are some other things. But these are both respectable people. And I think having podcasts like that uh, where you're bringing an old-fashioned traditional Republican, let's just say Jeff Flake, um, or Adam Kissinger, who who now says he doesn't uh, even have a party, uh, you know, the same way George Conway, you know, used to be this brilliant conservative writer. He's still a brilliant writer. He's just not a conservative anymore, or at least he's not a Republican, um, like Rick Wilson and the rest of the of the troop over at uh, the Lincoln Project, who also has an amazing podcast, especially if you're a little right of center, 
but you can see that we have a president who, even though he's done so much for the environment, passing all of that money and the infrastructure bill to go toward clean energy, you know, tens of billions of dollars, the largest investment in U.S. history in green energy, that he has um, reduced the, the price of drugs for seniors, that he's capped insulin at $35, that he's allowed Medicare to actually negotiate drug prices, that they're reducing the cost of pharmaceuticals 10 drugs at a time. He's done some very, I guess you would say, liberal things, but they're really just common sense things. You know, the the, the liberal things, the, the, the liberal wish list has not been checked off by this president um, because he doesn't have the votes for it in the House or the Senate. He's, he's done what a classic politician would have done, and that's compromise. You know, a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill got trimmed back to $1.6 trillion. I'd rather have a $1.6 trillion infrastructure bill than no bill at all, than showing up and literally passing nothing as if it were just a continuation of the Trump administration. And what Trump do? One. One. And that was a tax, that was a tax cut. Let's keep this in mind. Yeah. That adds $2 trillion to the deficit every year. $2 trillion a year. So in four years, he added $8 trillion to the deficit because unlike Biden, he didn't find ways to pay for it, either raising taxes on this group of people or cutting this program a little bit uh, in order to... To, to fund things like the infrastructure bill. Actually, under Joe Biden, we've seen the first major reduction in the national deficit. Now, it was just a few hundred billion dollars, but you got to start somewhere when you're yeah. funding a $35 trillion pile of debt that the United States has accrued thanks to George W. Bush, his two crusades in the Middle East, if you want to call it that. He called it that. He called it a crusade, which is not a good look. No. Um, George W. Bush started this debt, this this debt spiral. It uh, it had to continue in order to keep the government afloat during the Obama years. Uh, not just the government, but the, the the banking system as a whole, the housing the housing um, system, the uh, automobiles uh, to keep the big three automakers in business, it required an enormous investment. Trillions of dollars worth of debt had to be added. But we can't seem to find a direction in the United States and get the same voters to stay engaged so that we can actually flatten out this line and have real progress in this country. So we discussed most of these troops, by the way, that are dying and in, in Russian uniforms, they are uh, they are forced to fight. You know, you're not after the war began. They put a restriction on men between the ages of 18 and 50, I think, from traveling. Well, when the war Russia. originally started in February of 2022, a lot of the Russian soldiers, most of the uh, Russian soldiers that originally enlisted and took part in the beginning of the war, were actually excited and happy to go to war. And the 
rape, the murder of civilians and casualties was at its peak at that time. When the war started to trickle down and casualties on both sides started getting higher and higher and Russia started running out of supplies, running out of money, they were being um, crippled by their economy, by other uh, foreign governments. People didn't want to enlist. So the Russian government, with Putin being the dictator he is, essentially put guns in people's faces and said either you die in the war or you can die right now. And essentially, they well, had to go. We know about Russian conscripts. That they, yes. They conscribed, uh, you know, over a million young men to ultimately go and face, you know, what was at the time, at least, a Western-funded death machine uh, in Ukraine because we were giving them the, sh the artillery they needed, the 7.62 caliber ammunition they needed, um, the surface-to-air missiles they needed to shoot down both drones and um, actual fighter jets. So we have failed, and the United States as a whole should feel a certain amount of shame. We should oh, all definitely. feel a certain amount of shame that we haven't elected the right people, that we haven't pushed hard enough, uh, that we haven't... And, and it, a lot of this ties back to media a little bit <clears throat> because they are in their... Oh, in their absolutely disgusting haze of attempting to both sides every issue to death and give Republicans equal airtime as if this is 1994... It's not newsflash, uh, mainstream media. You're dying for a reason. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, you guys are dying for a reason. Your messaging is tired. It's lame. It's both sides in an issue to death when you're, faced an, you're facing an enemy that doesn't both sides anything. I mean, you're facing Newsmax and One American News Network and Breitbart and Fox News, and they don't give a shit about objective journalism. You might prop yourself up at CNN and say, look, we're objective. No, you're not. Come on. And I don't care which asshole takes control of the company. You're not. Neither is NBC or MSNBC. MSNBC has an opportunity to truly be the one liberal voice in the United States of America. And somehow they're terrified of it. By the way, just so people over at uh, MSNBC hear this, Joe Scarborough is a piece of shit. I mean, that is the worst show on cable news. It's clunky. It seems to be unscripted. And it seems to just be whatever Joe Scarborough wants. And let's keep this in mind. Joe Scarborough was a man who carried water for Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, the man who started this culture war bullshit. These wedge issues. Because Republicans couldn't get anyone's vote. You would have had to have taken brain damage at some point to vote for a Republican unless you were rich prior to these culture wars. There was no future. Then we saw demographic shifts, so the culture wars had to be turned up even higher. They had to get more and more of that 58% of America that's white as it continues to shrink. And demographic shifts are going to kill off the Republican Party unless they manage 
to institute some form of fascism. They realize that, and they're, I mean, they're going out kicking and screaming. That's the way I see it. And dealing with them has become a nightmare. And for those voters in, sub, in suburban areas who are swing voters and might swing a district one way or the other, please get off your ass, go vote, get rid of these people. I will, if there's not a, a reliable candidate to run against Tim Burchett, I will pick the name of a local leader and just plug them in. Someone who I feel like would do a better job than Tim Burchett, because this is, this is outrageous. It's outrageous to tank a border security bill that's better than anything you'll get under a, a Republican. It's better than anything you'll get under any Democratic administration ever again. And now that you've turned your noses up at it, I don't think you're going to get another shot at the same bill from President Biden. I don't believe it. I don't believe that President Biden will play that. Not to mention, he's got a State of the Union address coming up where dollars to donuts, he's going to rake you guys over the coals. You think, well, he gaffs, he stutters, he does this, he does that. I'm, let him gaff. Let him use the F-bombs if he it needs to. It doesn't matter regardless if he cusses no. or if he no. stutters or anything. He no. gets the damn job done. He gets it done. But what I'm saying is a State of the Union is when the president is invited by the Speaker of the House, who's yeah. currently Mike Johnson, to come speak to a joint session of Congress. That's the House and the Senate. When he has that opportunity this time, no more trying to extend you know, a, a hand to, to Republicans and to work together and all that. They've killed that, Joe. President Biden, they have killed that spirit of, of optimism. We can be optimistic as a party, but we can't be optimistic about working with these mongrels anymore because, again, even the man who wrote and negotiated the bipartisan border deal uh, to get funding to Ukraine, uh, Oklahoma Senator James Lankford, ultimately said he would have to vote no on it because of outside pressure. And he wasted four months, four months, of, months his of his life. Four months of his life. Yeah, four months of his life writing that bill up, getting it ready, just to say, well, damn, now I have to even cut down and burn what I just made. Because this, without Trump's input, this would have passed the House with Republican and moderate Democratic votes. It would have passed the Senate with about 20 Republican votes because plenty of Democrats were going to vote against it. No way in the world um, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, um, some of the more you know liberal, safe senators would have ever voted for something like this. But um, with the Senate the way it is currently, um, it could have squeaked through and it could have uh, it could have gotten through the House with a pretty sizable, I, th I think, I think that that they could have gotten to three hundred votes, which is more than enough. Two eighteen is all you need, but you know the fact they they slapped that away and said no, sorry, we only listen to Donald Trump means all because probably... that McDonald's fat mascot decided to open his mouth mm -hmm. and say, no, I don't want that because I want me to do it. Well, it's not. it wasn't just as much for him to do it as it was to continue to, to keep having it as a campaign issue and say, well, the president has the authority to shut the border if he wants to. No, the president doesn't. 
Biden has better lawyers working for him than do you, Mr. What, $450, $500 million in debt now to the court system, man facing uh, criminal charges on March 25th. Maybe he should spend more time focusing on that um, than focusing on, on what the House of Representatives does. But he should let government work because um, even when he was in government, he didn't do any fucking work. So we're in, we're almost back in in the Trump years in the sense that Republicans can't be trusted. For those swing district voters or you independent voters who are kind of, well, Biden's old, Trump is old too. Trump, I guarantee you, is biologically older than President Biden. If you look at their bodies alone, you can say, yes, biologically, this 78-year-old is not in as good a shape as this 81-year-old. Frankly, I don't give a shit if Joe Biden's 101 years old. He has the youngest administration working for him and the history of presidential administrations. He has, there's a youthful vigor around his administration that didn't exist even when Barack Obama was president of the United States. Joe understands Washington, D.C. He understands the political system. And I look at Joe Biden and say age is a feature, not a bug, right? This is like a, a solid classic car, you know, versus a Ford Fusion. Nothing against Ford, but we're just in comparison here. Well, I mean, I don't like Ford, but... Yeah, well, I'm just saying you can get in it and count on it starting. Yeah. Um, you know, Joe's... President Biden has that... <clears throat> has that maturity, uh, having been around Washington for so long. You know, and I think the only thing we haven't discussed when it comes to the Republican Party, the border deal and Donald Trump are those fucking shoes. Oh my God, those shoes. I have a vision. I have a vision that in the not-so-distant future, in a dusty field somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, because that's the only place Donald Trump can do his, uh, his hate rallies, that there will be some... Uh, I don't... Uh, want to cast dispersions here. I'm not the thinnest person in the world, but I could just see a fat belly sticking out underneath a red Donald Trump slash Jesus Christ t-shirt, right? A MAGA cap that... And a hover round. Right. Um, and, you know, with, with kind of dirty, just dirty looking in general, uh, teeth missing, all that, and a pair of just torn up, shredded... Trump shoes for which he's asking $400 a pair and got booed out of uh, the uh, sneaker con. Here's the thing. You could go to Best he Buy and buy them for 20 bucks. He continued to talk and to hold a political rally in front of a bunch of people who were screaming, go Biden and fuck Trump. <laughs> I mean, and he, and he, he thought they were on. just cheering for him. And, and the accordion hands, they were just working overtime, you know, talking about the emotion. There's such emotion. Yeah, the emotion is we fucking hate you. Please get the hell out of here. And those are the ugliest tennis shoes I've seen ever in history. Uh, professional wrestlers wouldn't wear this goofy shit to the ring. And by the way, Mary Trump, Mary Trump, the niece of Donald Trump. Also a psychotherapist who does know Trump. Um, obviously, that's her uncle. 
and could honestly tell the world without um, infringing on the basic rules of psychiatry that say you, you can't you can't uh, diagnose someone from afar. Mary Trump knows Donald. They've had Christmases and, and Thanksgivings together. Several of experiences with one another. She can say he's an absolute narcissist, that he had he's he's definitely a sociopath, and she found his shoe already on sale at Ross for drumroll please. $29.99 plus tax. Yeah. He's asking 400 bucks <laughs> for them. He would need to sell, it was eight, I think it was 800,000 pair to get even close to paying his $355 million bill. But but again, the $355 million disgorgement against the Trump organization means that um, he also has to pay the pretrial interest which takes it to just over $400 million, perhaps $450 million. Then on top of that, he's got $88 million due to Miss E. Jean Carroll. So add all that up, this guy has lost a half a billion dollars just for being a jackass. He almost collapsed the U.S. economy. He added $8 trillion in new debt to the deficit by just cutting taxes without doing anything on spending. Thanks a lot, Mingo Mussolini. He's, he's a threat to women's reproductive rights. And remember, this is a man who said that if a national abortion ban was passed, that women who have abortions are going to have to be held uh, liable, either sent to jail or somehow fined. Uh, a lot of these women are already in poverty, and we're what, talking about putting them in deeper poverty because they made the mistake of having sex. I mean, that's what keeps the human race alive. Every creature out there has sex. So I'm not sure every mammal out there at the very least has sex. I'm not sure what the Republican standard is other than to impose their religious views on us because you won't find any law anywhere that says uh, people shouldn't be having sex uh, unless you find some dogma in one of these old uh, Christian churches that exist, or in uh, extreme Islam, or uh, in ex extreme Judaism, or in extreme, you name it, Hinduism. We can have religion without having to have extremes, or at least I thought. Perhaps I was wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, back to these absolute hideous shoes. If you haven't seen it, look them up. Just grab your, your phone and Google Trump shoes and get a laugh. It's a little lighthearted. After all of the death, despair, the Republican double crossing we've talked about today, if you want to laugh, check out the Trump shoe. Logan, tell them about it. Well, it's gold. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's gold. It's gold. He loves gold. It matches his skin. Um, although he's bronze. But and doesn't it? It has an American flag on the back of it. It says something like "Never quit," it like "Never quit," um, uh, written across the back of the shoe. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to it, other than it's this gold. Well, I took a look at them uh, before we started Did you the take show. Three sixty view because I didn't look at the back. And I saw that the flag was there. It, it has a flag, and it's like uh, "Never give up" or "We won't give up" right. or something, and. It honestly, I think, 
I think like the Walmart version of Reeboks look better than those shoes. Oh. Like I can't think of a shoe that doesn't look better than those shoes. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think Crocs look better. Yeah, and I mean, I would never own a pair of Crocs. I don't think it's in a gentleman's wardrobe ever for any reason. Um, well, me personally, I love to put Crocs in sport mode, but no uh, Crocs. Everybody, every guy's different. Crocs, uh, Crocs have become a a right wing staple, and I'm just not. Oh uh, yeah. I'm well, I mean, I don't own a pair of Crocs, but I think it's funny when people are like, "Okay, hold on," and they stop everything they're doing just to flip that little strip to the back of their ankle and then say, "I'm going in sport mode." Oh, in sport mode. Okay, <laughs> I think that's pretty that. funny. Yeah. But God, those <clears throat> shoes are awful. And, just do yourself a favor. It and he's, he just dug himself into more debt because he made all these shoes and he expects people to buy them for $400 a piece. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to buy them except the crazy, poor, redneck MAGAs, which, sorry for profiling you, but I mean, that's majority of what you are, uh, are going to buy the shoe. And that's only going to be a few thousand people. But since his average voter is 67 years old, I can't wait to see the <laughs> 70 and 80-year-olds at Trump rallies wearing <clears throat> all red and these gold bastardized tennis shoes, um, <laughs> which didn't, uh, I'm guessing he didn't get a sponsor at SneakerCon. I think he forgets <clears throat> that part of the reason they have SneakerCon is because you have designers out there who design you know, uh, fabulous shoes. You, you immediately think of somebody like Tinker Hatfield, who designed yeah. all the Jordans. Tinker did. Mm-hmm. He's an older gentleman. He's still around though. Um, Tinker, they're looking for the next Tinker Hatfield. So they go to you. You bring your your prototype shoes, and you know they slap a Nike label or an Adidas yeah. label on. That's the idea. I imagine uh, this is Trump branded. Um, and remember, everything under the Trump brand now is being watched by a financial monitor. And apparently, more than losing 300, well, let's call it 400 million by the time we add interest, more than losing the 400 million dollars, Trump's really pissed off that they're leaving the financial monitor in place for the next two years to watch every dollar that goes in and out of a Trump organization bank account. Which cuts to his, I guess his ultimate plan was let's spend all of the GOP money on lawyers and everything else. And then we'll borrow it from Putin or a, you know, a Putin proxy here in the United States and everything will be fine. Well, now you can't do that because you have a financial monitor watching all of your bank accounts. And apparently that's what enrages him the most. He can't get a a bailout uh, from a Russian oligarch to pay his $400 million bill, he's actually going to have to come up with a half a billion dollars. This man bankrupted five casinos. He's a half a billion dollars in debt. He's been found liable of rape. He's been found liable of defamation multiple times. He's lost every court case he's had since he's been president. He's about to lose a criminal case, which 31% of Iowa caucus voters, the most hardcore Trump voters out there, said... He, they would not vote for him if he was found guilty of a criminal charge. Forget the fact he's been found liable for rape, for Christ's sake, that we have um, 
A man who's about to go on trial, 41% of New Hampshire Republicans said they're not voting for him if he has a criminal conviction. And let's just say half of those people do end up voting for Trump once he's found guilty in New York City, or once he's found guilty in D.C., because I believe both of those trials will happen before the 60 days uh, threshold uh, pre-election. Um, both of those trials will likely happen. We know that the New York City trial is going to happen. I'd like to see the January 6th trial happen too. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, until then, Trump shoes. <laughs> These, the gold monstrosity you don't want on your foot. And I'm willing to bet that they, they, they already stink when you buy them. As if you know, like it, it seemed like a Trump product would have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, automatically was, smell like sour clothes. We all know that that black mold. Right. We all know that it was just that Trump water was just some asshole sitting in a bathtub filling up bottles in Newark, New Jersey. You know what I mean? Uh, it was never. That is disgusting. I, I mean, it, we all know that everything the guy does is a scam. If he did, sold, he really do Trump water. Yeah, they did Trump water. So apparently. he tried to he tried to copy Bell Delphine. He, I, I know you don't back. know Bell Delphine. This was way back. This was this was this would have been 2013, 14, 15. Oh wow. He he, um, he Trump stakes Trump water. He tried to start an airline, um, and, and I I don't know what happened to it all. But he, he, one final message I'll end with this. For because I hear you know this thing about you know black men possibly voting for Donald Trump, 1972 Nixon administration fines the Trump organization two hundred fifty thousand dollars for racially profiling and refusing to rent to African Americans. 1986 the Reagan administration, the Department of Justice, Civil Rights Division took action against Donald Trump personally, not Trump and his father, but Trump personally, for racially profiling. For example, if he had a racist high roller come to one of his properties in Atlantic City, he would remove a black dealer from a blackjack table because the racist asked him to. Now, that's a violation of civil rights law, and again, he was fined by the Department of Justice. Now, we speed up to the 1980s and the Central Park situation, the Central Park Five. Yeah. When those five innocent kids were convicted of a horrendous or horrendous crime where a female jogger was raped in Central Park, he took out a full-page ad a full-page ad in the New York Times calling them guilty and um, using his, well, at the time, heavy voice in New York City to make sure these boys were wrongfully convicted and spent, I think the last one uh, still living, he just got out of prison, spent 37 years, I think it was, 35 years oh behind bars because of Donald Trump. So that... Uh, the African-American lady who the meme going around the African-American lady splitting a crowd of black men who said holding signs saying blacks for Trump. She says, uh, isn't that sort of like, uh, chicken, uh, chickens for chicken McNuggets. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, it's very much that. Trump does not like black people. This is a guy who said there are very fine people on both sides when comparing the Ku Klux Klan and anti-Klan anti protesters. There are good people on both sides. So apparently some of the people in the Klan are just fine by Donald Trump. Well, I mean, you do have uh, men in the African-American community that are batshit crazy. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. And we have celebrities like Kanye that are endorsing the ideology of the ignorant fact like Hitler was a good guy. Yeah, I mean... You, like, are you kidding me? But, but, you know, I think at this point, you you have you have so many voices in the African-American community that have... They have come around. I mean, we have, you know, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson here in the state of Tennessee, two, you know, 30, 31 year old lawmakers who were part of the Tennessee, you know, three who were removed and then put right back into office um, here, here in the state of Tennessee, who I think are going to make sure those numbers don't hit what Donald Trump thinks they'll hit. He thinks he's going to win 25% of the black male vote which is what he would need to win in order to be reelected or yeah, reelected because uh, it would be his second term if he were to be elected. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but we still have to stay vigilant. We have to stay, um, or vigilant rather and diligent, um, and, and, uh, get out and vote, vote in big numbers. That's why we're here. That's, <laughs> that's the general idea. Just don't vote. Vote blue, no matter who. That's a hashtag. You've seen it a million times. I'll repeat it until my head explodes. Vote blue, no matter who, because at least you got a shot. You've got no shot with Republicans. But with Democrats, even the bad ones, you've got a shot. Even Joe Manchin voted for Katanji Brown-Jackson to sit on the Supreme Court. Even Joe Manchin voted for all of those judges that Joe Biden has been able to put on the federal bench somewhere in the United States. So, you know, uh, some Democrat better than no Democrat. And it's really sad to see people who really need the help Democrats are offering vote against their own best interests, which they've done for 40 years now. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up the show, uh, just... Um, mm -hmm. To any of the uh, Ukrainian refugees, to any of the survivors that are still in Ukraine that might be listening, my heart goes out to you all. Um, I'm sincerely sorry for all your loss and all the pain that your country has went through. Um, it's sickening that Republican parties refuse to allow Democrats to give you aid, and my heart just goes out for you all. And I will be praying for your families. Yeah, we we definitely have a soft spot here for a democracy that's under attack that received promises from this administration and from the American people and only to see uh, Republicans use it as yet another wedge issue as if lives aren't being lost uh, on account of their inaction. So, you know, our apologies for the right wing uh, in American politics and our apologies for what you're for what you're seeing happen 
to your country and especially to refugees here in the United States. Uh, we, we've taken in a, an enormous number of Ukrainian refugees to the U.S. Um, as political commentators, all we can say is, you know, is sorry, that we're terribly sorry that at this current moment, uh, the U.S. appears ready to uh, go into default because it doesn't appear that this Republican House is going to be able to pass a spending bill. Um, and it also appears that <clears throat> there's not going to be a, a direct aid package uh, to, to Ukraine, to Israel, to the people of Gaza, the Palestinians who are suffering. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll touch uh, on the situation in Rafah on our next episode, I'll have to make a, a note of that uh, because we don't want Israel uh, marching into Rafa. Um, the U.S. did vote no to a ceasefire in the United Nations just before we went on the air today. I want to say that that is so we can we can reserve our spot alongside Israel to try to stay in Benjamin Netanyahu's ear to stop this damn thing, at least a ceasefire long enough to get people out and get humanitarian aid in. Because it's clear that we can't give money to Bibi Netanyahu or the Israeli government. But that being said, again, I encourage you to go look at the fucking Trump shoe. It is really, <laughs> it really will put you in a better mood to know that this idiot's trying to sell this for $400. And it looks like it would, you could peel the gold plating off the outside. I mean, they really are that crappy. Please do yourself a favor and Google them on your phone. Um, with that being said, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about the Ukraine situation or anything else for that matter, Logan? Um, stay strong. Don't give up. Um, Hopefully help us on the way. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, our hearts go out to you and uh, our sincere condolences. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's for everybody, whether you're living abroad um, outside Ukraine and you've been forced out due to the war or if you're still there, um, you know, holding on to hope. Help, help is coming. I do believe this election is going to prove eventful. Um, and that maybe Republicans will learn a lesson at some point. But um, as for now, that's really all we can say. Well, with that being said, we appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed today's show, if you made it this far, I should have mentioned it earlier, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Magnolia Media Network. When you see the Magnolia Avenue street sign, you know you found the right spot. If you want to keep us on the air, we're asking you to uh, you know, chip in a little bit, to help out just a little bit so we can continue to do this. Because we'd rather do this than anything in the world, to bring you the news three times a week, to bring you a little commentary, and to let you know what's going on out there, especially for those of you who live in the Southeast and get nothing but uh, spoon-fed propaganda um, as news. So anyway, uh, I think that wraps it up for us. 
I want to thank Logan Ramsey for editing today's episode. I want to thank Courtney Halstead for technical support. And I produced today's episode, Jonathan M. Ruggiero. So until next time, from all of us here at Magnolia Media, be well.